0: And welcome to the latest episode of the Platform Podcast. Today, I am thrilled to introduce Rich Stuppy, who is from Count. He is Chief Customer Experience Officer. Rich, welcome to the Platform Podcast.
1: Uh, L, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and your audience about about fraud and uh, all of the fun stuff going on right now so uh just thanks again looking forward to the conversation
0: great well i'm going to give you um well what we call in the uk a grilling i don't know if you use that expression so um but that means asking you a lot of questions about this because i'm rather intrigued so first of all i want to hear exactly first of all what count does if you can um, you know, summarize that, but also what what you do there um, because I'm intrigued to hear a bit more about that.
1: Great, yeah. So Count uh, at its heart is a fraud prevention company and a customer uh, analytics company. So what we do is we help our customers protect themselves from people that use stolen credit cards, stolen identity, Stolen credentials to commit fraud on their digital businesses in a variety of ways. We serve over seventy-five industries all across the globe, two hundred plus countries every single day, and we're protecting industries. You might think uh, you might think about marketplaces. You might think about uh, e-commerce businesses. You might think about uh, quick service restaurants, petrol, etc. But we do have a significant portion of our business that is dedicated to marketplaces because it's a really complicated space for fraud because you've got multiple parties interacting on a single platform, and that's where the bad guys go to get away with stuff mm-hmm. all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you yourself, I your journey into this, I'm guessing, and um if so, you're the same as me that you're you're on the other side of of thirty. Um, And if that's the case, how do you get into something like this? Because these types of job weren't necessarily around when we were children. It's not like at our school careers um, events, we were going to say, well, you know, I'm interested in analytics or machine learning. What was your journey and and to to the role that you have now?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I'm closer to the other side of the other side of 30, uh, that I am to, uh, to 30. So yeah, so I'm, I'm, uh, getting up there. I'm, a, I'm 50 years old, um, which beats the alternative. I will tell you that. Yeah. Um, but so I started my career in retail, uh, at the kind of the beginnings of the transition from physical to digital, a very, very large multibillion dollar, uh, uh, retailer and transitioned to account 15 years ago. So I've been going at this for quite some time. And uh, the thing that got me interested the most is um, at my heart, I like to help people. Um, I uh, People would say that I might be pretty smart and I would, I, I like a, a complex subject and fraud is a very complex subject it's, it fascinates me. And I started with a, I started with a little nibble of it, uh, joined Count, and have gotten a whole bunch of it. And just really, uh, I am, I'm literally fascinated by what happens in the fraudulent world and how to help uh, good businesses protect themselves from fraud, risk, and loss that's perpetrated every day against them. I literally wake up every morning before my alarm clock goes off excited to see what has happened the night before all over the globe in the never ending cat and mouse game of the bad guy fraudsters attacking my my customers, my friends, my good legitimate internet businesses. It's it's really a fascinating fascinating field.
0: You you strike me as someone that has chosen to use their powers for good because you could easily have used these powers to be one of them yourself, it strikes me. So I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that.
1: Yes, I was blessed with a conscience. Um, which, and that has uh, that has led me to the uh, to the good side of things um,
0: because I don't, I, w- I would look terrible in orange and in the <laughs> States, you know, that's the prison
1: jumpsuit. So that wouldn't go, that would not be good for me. It doesn't bring out my eyes.
0: When we talk about this cat and mouse game, what intrigues me is: Are these fraudsters individuals, or are they organizations? Because they can't be necessarily, presumably, companies in the same way that you know you work with Count. Um, so, who who are they? What do they look like? And do they are they just one person, several, or or huge groups? I, I can't even imagine that. Um, the answer is yes, and
1: so. <laughs> So these companies, uh, these range from, and and I will I beg beg to differ that in in almost every aspect, these are companies. It be a sole proprietorship, so it's one person, uh, one person, a a sole proprietorship. uh, They're doing on a marketplace retail, uh, what we call retail arbitrage, where they are. Buying, uh, uh, they're offering something for sale on a marketplace, and uh, then they are using a uh, another mechanism to buy it on another marketplace, another site, using that company for a fulfillment. Totally automated, bot based, um, and, and and could potentially be, be combining uh, stolen credit cards in there to make it a great individual business where they're where they're making. Uh, hundreds of dollars a day or thousands of dollars a day. Um, that's a sole proprietorship. Um, the conglomerate sort of uh, fraud business are, uh, a great example would be like Rescator. Um, this is a uh, Eastern European uh, fraud conglomerate that does everything from breaching companies to get credit cards stolen credit cards, to selling those stolen credit cards, to enabling via software and automation the uh, uh, in-mass attacks against marketplaces, digital businesses of all sorts, um, and they are clearing hundreds of millions of dollars a year um, and, and expanding and branching out into ransomware, stolen accounts... Illicit bank transfers, money laundering, uh, drugs, uh, human trafficking. They, it is. Uh, it, it it it's a wide spectrum.
0: And, of, they, of, and they actually of have a name. The money. They they actually have a name. I mean, that's how is that possible? I mean, well, <laughs> I, I I get
1: this. I get this question a lot. They're like, well, if if rich, if you can go on. Reddit or Nold or the Dark Web and see these people uh, pitching their wares to do illegal stuff, why isn't this happening? Or why isn't why isn't why isn't enforcement swooping in mm-hmm. and getting them? Mm-hmm. And the answer it does happen, it's extremely rare. A lot of these businesses are set up in uh, companies or countries, I'm sorry, in countries where the rule of law is uh weak and in some of these places there's a significant anti-western or uh, anti-capitalist sentiment where they actually get uh bonus points for the fact that they are attacking um, western businesses or capitalist businesses and bringing a little bit of the money uh, into their home country it's it's uh Wow. Enforcement is is rare, let's put it that way.
0: Wow. And, and then at the other end of the spectrum, presumably there, there is the, the individual in their mum's basement, you know, doing it that way. Um that's I suppose how, how people imagine it. Yeah, and, and they can uh, you can make a pretty penny uh,
1: doing doing that uh, that job, so to speak, or running that business. The only thing is you have to be reasonably smart and you have to not have a conscience and uh, you get a little bit of tools and you get a little bit of learning and away you go uh, committing fraud and stealing all day, every day.
0: And from the point of view of the businesses or the marketplaces that are affected by this. Now, I suppose... Um, a, a few years ago, I was uh, defrauded. It was the typical thing. My bank called me and asked me if I was in India, and I, you know, wasn't. Um, and there had been, um, I think, my card had been cloned or something, and this had happened. And they immediately refunded me the money, and, and that that was the end of it. it. I mean, obviously, people are affected by fraud as individuals, and quite often, especially here in the UK, your bank will then just make sure that you are compensated. For a business, does fraud mean a loss for them, or are they protected in the same way as individuals can be?
1: Absolutely, um, uh, in in the card not present or digital world, almost all of the uh, the financial penalties uh, and losses associated with fraud are borne by the merchant. Or the merchant of record which is oftentimes a marketplace so uh, this the rules are set up such that if the card isn't present um, it, it's it's very likely that the merchant is going to be responsible and it's and and, and the reason it is set up that way is because uh, most payment systems recognize that consumers and the card holder or the account holder um, are, are the difficult part to replace. If, if you lose faith in the credit card system, if consumers lose faith in credit cards or alternative payments or bank transfers or you name it, that system is in big trouble. Mm-hmm. If, if a merchant uh, uh, loses faith or goes out of business, or gets fined millions of dollars, or suffers millions of dollars in loss, I can guarantee you another merchant will pop up behind them to to sell their wares, or another marketplace will pop up behind them to sell their wares, and the the ecosystem will continue on as if nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And that is why the rules are set, such that it's on the back of the merchant or the marketplace.
0: So as someone that does your job and presumably you are constantly looking for both innovation in in the world of the fraudsters, but then taking that and using it to innovate in the world of fraud prevention, can you talk me through how that actually works and what the product roadmap I know that you help to inform what that actually looks like?
1: Sure, uh, I think I think first and foremost, uh, we th- think in terms of we think in terms of uh, how do we help our customers grow their business, find new customers and really fulfill the promise of the internet. And the promise of the internet was to be able to sell anything to anyone, anywhere, anytime. And it's actually there. You, you can actually do that. It's an amazing time, mm-hmm. but at the same at the same time, you got the cat and mouse game where the fraudsters are trying to make their money on the merchant or marketplace's back. And so, the way we think of it in terms of how do we help our customers is number one, we understand what what they're going through as an individual business, and we coach them on understanding their entire customer journey and in the design phase thinking about if i'm going to launch this new digital product this new capability that you can buy online this new loyalty experience this new account based experience this this buying gift card etc think about it with the fraud mindset and think about how you can as a business Put the appropriate controls in place at the beginning such that um, you don't know if the fraudsters will show up. I think if it's a good product it's and there's value there, it's very likely that they will. But you want to build in those controls to protect yourself because if you've built all this you've – let's say you've invested millions of dollars in a new customer experience that's based on a mobile app and um, – global in nature and has a terrific loyalty program and you advertise the heck out of it. And the world beats a path to your door digitally. And then fraudsters come and you have to turn off the loyalty experience because they were they were corrupting your brand through loyalty fraud. You have to say, I'm no longer going to take uh, credit cards in this com- country because uh, a group of fraudsters ha- has attacked me. There, I'm not going to be able to do 30-minute fulfillment on this physical product because I need more time to think about it. You will have wasted that massive investment in the digital customer experience, mm-hmm. all because you you lost the cat and mouse game to the fraudsters,
0: which is terrible for you know a, a new startup who's you know put all that work into it so presumably what you're able to do is most of the time stay one step ahead of them
1: you bet you bet and and um i like to think that we stay not just one step ahead we stay multiple layers ahead and because the way we've designed our fraud control system is we look at uh, a massive amount of data and that can be uh consumer data. That can be product data. That can be behavioral data. That can be uh, shopping cart data, financial payment data, a massive amount of email or a massive amount of data that's available around emails and phone numbers and addresses. Because when, when a fraudster thinks about attacking you, they're going to start with a set of resources. And that resources those resources might be Uh, Some stolen credit cards, uh, some phone numbers, some brand new email accounts, and some addresses to ship bad stuff to, and maybe even uh, compromised business identities or compromised or synthetic personal identities. They've got this set of resources that they're building their business on, and we've built our platform to systematically evaluate all of the resources that a fraudster would use and determine through our identity trust global network, are those real and can they be trusted or are they stolen or synthetic and cannot be trusted and are therefore highly likely to be related to fraud. And so we've built our entire company on serving country companies across the globe to protect them from these fraudsters.
0: And. What would a podcast in 2020 be without talking to you, obviously, about this year? Now, we have, obviously, many of us become much more literate suddenly with being online. People who were previously doing all their shopping face-to-face are now doing it um, via e-commerce, these types of things. How has what has that meant for you and your business, and and fraudsters themselves? Are they are they taking an opportunity to do you know more fraudulent activity, um, or you know how has it panned out in in your world?
1: Yes. Um, well, the first 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 and foremost, um, I have to say that this is quite the strange year. Um, <laughs> I've been, I've been listening to a uh, John Lennon song, uh, which t- tagline is, uh, strange days indeed. And, uh, <laughs> yes, strange days indeed, for sure. Uh, but what, first and foremost, what we've seen is a massive acceleration of digitization across a whole variety of businesses. Um, I personally believe we've seen a five to 10 year acceleration in companies, roadmaps, go-to markets, etc., and that happened in six months.
0: Wow, wow.
1: And and I've seen it all over the place. The people that uh, you know in 2019 that were were my friends, my advocates, the folks that I worked for in our customers. Um, they had a seat at some kind of the back of the table sometimes, and they were arguing about. Uh, fighting for their share of capital against people that wanted better signage in the store. They wanted new, uh, floor space. They wanted the ability to train their in-store staff on X, Y, Z, and they were fighting for, no, give me more digital. Give me one more digital. Give me more digital. I can tell you, uh, they have moved to the front of the table in every company and they are the people that are driving, how companies are going to go to market in 2020 and
0: beyond mm-hmm. the, there's a great expression which i'm a big fan of necessity is the mother of invention and obviously the amount of necessity that has been forced on us all in the last year simply you know being reju- reduced the reduced a number of options that we've had to do things and out of that has come so many ideas I've seen you know many new startups I've seen companies change the way they operate completely and especially in the sharing and gig economy I've seen um, you know aside from the travel industry that's been really negatively affected lots of innovation coming through presumably the flip side of that um, is that fraudsters maybe see people going online that maybe aren't that familiar with going online? Is is that is that a thing that maybe they're seeing people that are not as experienced actually um, taking part in online transactions that that really allow them to to creep in when they maybe wouldn't have been able to before?
1: Uh, yes, um, you talked about the necessity is the mother of, of invention. I have an, a phrase, no true words have ever been said. <laughs> so there are, uh, and I like that phrase, obviously not mine, but um, what, what we're seeing is the businesses that um, had a strong digital capability, what they, they were able to leverage that strong digital capability to adjust to their customer journey, adjust their customer experience, and capture share for people that were not comfortable with going to physical stores anymore, or adjusting their physical location and combining the digital experience in buy online, pick up at store, uh, click and collect is commonly called, um, curbside pickup, mobile order ahead, all of these things. Um, it It was a terrific union of a great customer experience, even for people that weren't digital natives, and and a business that, that was desperate to provide their goods and services as a matter of survival. Now, that was for the folks that had the strong – had those muscles, right? But also, you, you had the businesses that were like, oh, I wish we would have prioritized digital last year and the year before. But we didn't. But we're, we're going to do it now. And they rushed. And the beauty is we have marketplace technology and we've got uh, – Kind of, I think of it in terms of kind of Lego blocks that you could stack a marketplace on top of a demand gen, on top of a third-party logistics, etc. And you've instantly got things that took other companies years to build. But what you don't have is the expertise. You don't have the fraud mindset where you could have built those controls in. And so companies that race to get digital they had the technology, but they didn't have the mindset, and they learned some very, very difficult fraud lessons over, a co- over months, and these were the same fraud lessons that digital natives learned over the course of a decade, and sometimes it was a very expensive and very painful uh, set of learnings for them.
0: And I presume that, you know, in that case you, you you've um in you know been sitting there thinking, you know, they'll come to us when they know they need us, you know, soon they'll <laughs> they'll come running. Yeah. <laughs> it is.
1: It well and the thing that the thing that pains me about that is these if when you think of it in terms of businesses, that means the fraudsters would have uh, achieved some extraordinary profits off of the unfortunate circumstances of these businesses. And they've, they use those profits to fund other really, really bad parts of their uh, criminal enterprises. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's really sad to give them capital to go attack, to go on the attack, to, to, you know, destroy brands, to destroy companies, to steal goods that they, that they, frankly, they just don't deserve. And that's part of the, the passion that I have for this, yeah. is the idea of helping the good people do the good things mm-hmm. and stop stopping the bats.
0: So you're kind of like so Batman for fraud, really, aren't you?
1: Well, I, I mean, Batman's a little taller than me. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd be probably be more of the Robin, sort of.
0: I'm going to ask you a final question, Rich, in the last couple of minutes. And that is a bit of um, crystal ball gazing. 2021 is coming very soon, actually. And we're all wondering what this new normal is going to look like. I think it's going to be called The new abnormal at this rate, but in terms of fraud, do you think that 2020 has almost been like the kind of boot camp that a lot of people needed um, for tech adoption and also fraud, and and things will settle down a bit in 2021 where we all got used to this new way of living, this hybrid way of living, digital and in person, and we'll. It, you know, it, it will, um, bed in a bit in, in the following year, but, or, or maybe something oh, else. Oh
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think the, the digital acceleration has occurred and you talked about abnormal and reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Young Frankenstein. Yes. Uh, they, they selected Abby Normal's brain, uh, for, uh, Frankenstein and bad things happened. Well, um, I think, I think this rush to digitization, some folks have unfortunately selected Abby Normal uh, and we're going to have to figure out what to do about that as we straighten this out. But this, this digital acceleration and the crossover of digital businesses uh, and digital natives and consumers that have come to accept that the digital customer journey is the way of the future. Consumers and And individuals are going to begin raising the bar. And I think what you're going to find in 2021 is that the consumer experience requirements are going to be set such that um, people, consumers, individuals, the people that are irreplaceable in the ecosystem, will say that the bar is, I want complete security. I want it to be completely invisible. I want it to be. I want to be completely detected, or I'm sorry, completely protected. And I don't want to even know that it's happened. That is a very, very, very high bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, companies like Count um, believe that we can, we can, we can provide that very high bar customer experience and a level of safety that are gonna, is going to keep the consumers happy. It's going to let the digital businesses grow. It's going to let the marketplace uh, marketplace and marketplaces bring people, companies, and consumers together. And it's, it's really going to be, again, fulfilling the promise of the Internet, any product to any person, anywhere, anytime.
0: Rich, that was a lovely note to finish on. So thank you. And thank you so much for joining me today on the Platform Podcast.
1: Thank you, Elle. This was a blast. I love talking about this stuff. Um, Call me anytime and we can do it again.
0: Thank you so much.